Once again, it's Thursday, and we're flying through space on the USS Post Show. It is I, your number one, and this is Commander's Log, the unofficial Star Trek Discovery Post Show. My name is Hubble Boys, but of course, as always, I am not alone. I am being joined by the terror of two universes, Mr. Augustus Ioponius Centaurus, Emperor, and I, Captain John Weber. How you doing, sir? Oh, man, you don't have to give me anything for Christmas. You just gave it to me. <laughs> Commander, Commander Boyce. Oh, it's been a hell of a week, Bren. It's been a hell of a week. I've been uh, yeah. been working on the studio here, okay. as you can tell. Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, well, I'm thank keep you. keep these lights. I understand. Like The lights have totally changed the vibe. I can take right? the lights down top. It makes me look great. I, I, it, there's a certain mysteriousness that it brings to you, and you do other shows, and your lighting is different in other shows. So I'm kind of digging. I try this to do one, something man. different. Like I do one show without headphones. I do one show with a hat on. Like I, I, I make it work, man. I make it work. But we you are covering right. the, the the Terraform episode, Star Trek Discovery Terraformer Part One. But yeah. we are not alone. Our special guest is the author of the novel Chosen and the serial Arrondissement. Hey, where he's from, he is the prime, and we're just a mere universe. Give it up for author, Leo Dennison. How's it going, sir? Hello. Welcome aboard, Leo. Welcome aboard. I, uh, permission to come aboard. Oh, permission <laughs> granted. Leo and I literally know each other for almost 30 years now. Can you I literally nearly, yeah, do I, something for almost yeah, something? Yeah. Yeah. About, about 92, 93? Maybe. Yeah, it was. I saw the first time I met you was at an uh, improv jam when it used to be down yeah. in the West Village. Uh, yeah. And he used to do it with 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 now the late Tom Soder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is for anybody who is in the New York improv scene, knew Tom. Tom recently uh, we lost Tom, which is heartbreaking. Which I I don't mean to start this whole episode on a, a sour note uh, or down note, but that's right. how. Right. Uh, John and I met, and I remember going out with you and a bunch of the people from the show afterwards, and you, we started talking about Marvel Comics, and you were so <laughs> enthused to talk about it, and because I was so into it, because he's so, like, I saw the show, I had, it was before I even started doing impro improv, and I was like, this guy is so funny, and he's so, but you were so genuinely warm and friendly, and that's, wow. that's what I always remember when I think about you, the first you know, remembering the first time we met and you've considered continued on that streak thereafter. So Well thank Do you, I get sir. I did like, oh, he's warm for other people, but he's ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what's what's funny is I always um I always tried to be like a, a, a good person and a nice person in, in the comedy scene and it's fairly unusual. And then when I was doing stand up, that's where I met Flobo and Flobo is that he just stands out as like a nice inclusive shares which makes him almost completely not belong to the world of stand-up comedy he's a great comic <laughs> wait what <laughs> he's a great comic but he ain't stand-up comedy people he's flobo damn it he's his own kind of person uh thank you so much for those of us on facebook on twitter on on twitch uh just if you're on twitch right now do me a favor and make sure you follow the channel grow the community uh jake giles was a guest last week he said he's back in engineering so we all good and rj rajasora says what was nice but he isn't funny also true uh oh. <laughs> move on yeah. what? part one Hey man, it's if you if you're on stage, you think take the punches. You're a prize fighter. Uh, Terraformer Part One, a Terran episode out of nowhere. 
Uh, let me start with that? you, Leo, because you are a guest. Overall thoughts about the show. I know this is a, a departure, the the Emerald Chains hanging out till next week, you know, in the background. Just, But how do you feel about this one? I, I think we lost him. <laughs> oh, no. I think we lost him. Leo, Leo froze uh, well, up. In the meantime, as we get Leo back, uh, what do you think about the episode, John? Uh, this was an episode that we have been anticipating because uh, Philippa Giorgio, who is the emperor uh, from the Mirror Universe, as we call it, or the Terran Universe. Welcome back, yes. Leo. Yes. Sorry. As I, I was, Poor guy. I, clearly, clearly uh, some sort of parallel universe shag is going on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, please continue. Um, what did you think, Leo, about us going right into uh Giorgio's story in uh this storyline uh I mean they had been building up to it but did you think we were going to go headlong in because as Flobo I, uh, I, referred it, to I had no idea and I was delayed because I'm, I'm a sucker for a mirror universe story yes. you know, like ever since TOS you know that one episode which has made such an impression and they've you know they've done it and they never did it in in uh, next gen but they did a bunch in uh deep space nine and of course in, on enterprise and now right here uh in the, the discovery verse uh for lack of a better term it was it was really interesting uh because one i didn't expect it uh and it's interesting seeing her change because when she says goodbye to saru until he until he hugs her which is something should have been like a, like a knifing offense. <laughs> like, you know, and she's sort of like awkwardly pats her on the back in a way that <laughs> indicates that she has changed despite her sort of, yeah. you know, very curmudgeonly yeah. uh, demeanor. And yeah. I, I, was, I was talking with Flobo before, the, the, the gentleman sitting by the door on this planet. And it was like, I, this is something that didn't occur to me. I read it in a review. There's like, is that Q or AQ? And I'm like, maybe it is. Good because, Good you know, I was also wondering, like, he's going to open the door, she's going to walk out, and she's just going to be on the other side of the door. Uh, which would have been like, <laughs> you know, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty anticlimactic. But they thrust her in, and it was interesting watching her trying to navigate her own life, having changed whether she wanted to admit it or not. Right. Um, Right. You know, after living with with, the, uh, you know, we'll we'll call it the prime universe, our universe, you know, right. uh, despite their assertion that their universe won, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. it, it was, it, there's, I mean, there's so many neat details, and I I want to see if I can pronounce the character's name right. Uh, Lieutenant Wu <laughs> Shikun, who was uh, the yeah. ops officer. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, everyone's called Owen now, the, but yeah. Because <laughs> uh, 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 she, she's the head of, like, you know, the, the bodyguard for the Empress. And she's right, like the security. Right. And she has a scar on her cheek, much like Sulu did in the original Mirror Mirror. And I was like, that Good was like man. a nice little. I mean, the, I, I'm sure there's lots of scars in the Mirror Universe, so it's probably not that unusual. Oh, that's so it was deep, just bro. It was like it was a real yeah. It was a nice tip of the hat to, you know, the original show. Um, I like I said, it's just, you know, like I'm always every time we go to the Mirror Universe, I'm always like, I want to see more of it. I want to see, oh yeah, what beyond just what's going on the ship. It's like, what is the world like? I mean, you know, obviously we get a, a larger sense of it now. We spent more time in the Mirror Universe. 
I think on yeah. Discovery than any other series. Uh, so well, and there's a detail to that too, which is her continuity is uh, parallel in time to the original Discovery continuity. So she's yeah. in the past, as opposed to um, uh, us Deep Space Nine fans who yeah. uh, visited the Mirror Universe uh, two or three times um, and saw what it was like in the future. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, ahead of that. So we've jumped around in time just as observers in watching the Terran yeah. Empire. Sure. And I, I think, uh, help me out, Leo, um, or, or Flobo, in uh, the original series in TOS, uh, we do hear about an emperor, but we never meet the emperor. That's correct. So, so I was like, in the, yeah, you know once what? I recall, there was an emperor, yeah. Or there was an emperor, but we never saw it's, him. Right. Yeah, because it, it was all, you know, uh, they had the TOS budget, which was, you know, uh, shoestring. But, you know, there's the one where Kirk is there with his captain's woman, and she's like, you know, you're like you're trying to become an admiral, but he sort of like shrugs because he doesn't really have an answer. He's just trying to sort of fake it till he makes it, so they can get out. And she's like, you know, the you know to become the emperor himself. And he's like, kind of like, well, you know, if it happens, it happens. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and then in you know, Enterprise, which precedes everything, yeah. there's a Mirror Universe episode, uh, which I always tell people is one of the best episodes of the series. One of my favorites. It is. It, it was great. And then Hoshi becomes the Empress because she has, like, the future, uh, you know, Intrepid, which, while yeah. it, it's not as impressive as anything on Next Gen, is so much more impressive than, you know, the Enterprise era Enterprise. And she's like, I'm <laughs> yeah. the Empress now. And everybody's like, I guess so. <laughs> right. Which so, uh, I just love. I just we, love. Uh, we unpacked a whole lot of stuff, right? That was pretty awesome. But this is the deal. Oh, like, yeah. Joe jo jo is full of molecules, and they've stretched both time and dimension, and they're having a yes. rough time. So, Joe jo and Michael Burnham go to Hoth. No, I'm just kidding. They, they go to Denver's, <laughs> yeah. the frozen planet, uh, to go inside. And yeah, I, like you, thought Carl was a Q or Q clone. Now, Again, I am somebody who is new to Star Trek. I, I always say this. I am okay with, honestly, with my fandom. I got into Star Trek in 2018. Discovery is my Star Trek. But even yeah. I know the weight of a Q or a mug yeah. showing up right here. <laughs> but you know what? It was kind of interesting because one of the things about, like, the lore of Star Trek I've noticed going back and watching Enterprise, going back and watching TNG, is, like, the way they turned cost-cutting into an art, right? This could have mm. been a fire oh, yeah. pit. This could have been a centaur. But it was a dude reading the paper. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it, it was it, sort of like it was sort of this Lou, sort of like Lou, like Ed Asner, sort of like, like who you hire when you can't afford Ed Asner. And no, just because he's, I'm sure he's a fine actor, but he, he had that kind of like slightly yeah, Lou Grant, you know, with you know, twinkle in his eye. Was that Paul you know, Glefoyle, uh, John? If, if you can. Uh, oh yeah. God, let me head over to Memory Alpha because I I know yeah. him. He's probably I know him CSI. from CSI. Yeah, right? Paul Glefoyle. Brass. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's Paul Glefoyle. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Ed Asner, which I met this year, which I didn't. Oh wow. no, kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I met him. It was, it was so Hollywood. So anyway, I was in the studio and I was on the way out. He was walking in. But really, I was really cold and I went inside a, a room to warm up. And then he walked in doing an interview. So. Yeah. You know, it was funny. 
I worked on a show with Ed Asner many years ago, and uh, while we were putting the episode together, it was a show called The Closer. So, yeah, uh, somebody catch all these names I'm dropping. It was a show called <laughs> yeah. The Closer, uh, starring Tom Selleck. And uh, at one point, the network canceled the show. Yeah. And so the, the question oh, was, were they going to be finishing this episode? Or were we all getting sent home? So we were all put in a room. And there were so many guest stars on this particular episode, too, because uh, there was a, a funeral. So all these people who show up and they all speak. And so all these great young character actors are sitting around. And Ed Asner was a regular on that show. And he came in and he just hung out with us and asked us questions because he loves actors. He's just interested oh, in wow, other that's people. Great. And what could have been a total bummer was such a nice time because Ed Asner was so kind and, and, and so interested in his rank and file, you know, fellow actors. Uh, Tom Selleck was nice, but he said, hi, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Ed Asner was like, so what are you, where are you from? What have you done? Tom Selleck with that magnum energy. Uh, before we go into the whole the Terran fantasy or, or simulation, I want your opinion about this quickly before that. Uh, the decision to go. Uh, Saru had originally decided against it. He thought the Emerald Chain was more important, but he was overstepped by Admiral Vance, which I thought was a really interesting play on yeah. Saru still being new and the responsibilities of being a captain. Let me yeah. ask you, Leo, did it work for you? Did it seem out of character? What was going through your mind? It, it was interesting because, you know, at first Vance is like, because these guys show up from like a thousand years in the past and they're like, hey, we want to help out, but you know, we don't know any of your rules and we we really don't know what's going on. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, asking a puppy to pull a sled. It's like, it's very enthusiastic, but you probably <laughs> might not go that far. Um, and I think he's, he's beginning to see their value. And he also see he's beginning. I think it's leaning into the Federation idea that people are important and individuals like the choices you make reflect who you are which is, yeah. a, to me, a very Federation idea. It's not just about a bottom line. It's about, like, well, listen, if we let, if we, we say no, it, she will die, because Colbert's like, listen, she is, like, if we do nothing, she's got no chance of, of surviving at all. Um, and he decides, and it's also, for whatever the, you know, the, the crew of the Discovery, he may not know exactly how the crew of the Discovery feels about George, because I'm sure there's some people there be like, Listen, if she goes, she goes, because she seems she's really like a lot of work. She's definitely yeah. high maintenance. So, but obviously it's important to, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was important to Michael. And I think that he realized that it was important. It was important to Culver. And he felt like, well, you know, one ship is not going to make a difference in this, in these, you know, exercises. So you should go do it. I, I it, 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 it feels like we're moving towards more like what we think of the Federation as. Because they right now, mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning, they felt like, like, well, we're technically the Federation, but, you know, with a lot <laughs> less ships and resources. Yeah. And we're kind yeah. of like, we're a little, we're a little, we're a little on edge. You know, yeah, uh, I love kind of, that hey. line he says where he says, uh, we don't do five year missions anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. we're not like the happy ambassadors anymore. 
He like if you want really that, Strange New Worlds coming next fall at CBS All Access. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> it was very distinct to say we're a different breed now. Yeah. 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 And Giorgio has but, been. I, you know, I I wonder if you guys, because uh, you work in comedy too, you you make a lot of comedy too. Um, I I just felt like we were kind of getting to the point where she was just becoming a joke. She's becoming the tiger mom from hell. Mm, you know. Yeah. Last last episode, she she's threatening to kill people, and she's you know she's just reacting. I mean, okay, it's a character thing. She's reacting to her terrible situation sure. through her hostility and her high maintenance, high dudgeon. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. the line of like, "I killed my mother," and Burnham's like, "You did not." Right. <laughs> I, I think you made a good point, uh, John. Okay, yeah. What you're seeing in this episode, she couldn't even hold her glass of wine. Right. Holy mead. And that's kind of working on you. But, like, even that first episode when she basically stowed away in that mi- away mission with, with Tilly and Saru, yeah. there really was this base of, look, I've seen worse. I can deal with this. I think this is the first time that we see Giorgio, even someone who crossed dimensions or universes now being in uncharted waters and i think i was willing to buy that in this one of her being a little more like i'm talking but i'm a little shaky and i'm phasing bro oh yeah uh, yeah she's got it i mean she's yeah, freaking I, out I, I, yeah I've said, obviously because she's she's used to being in control like before she was just sort of like laying back and being cool and being snarky and then doing something awesome and be like you know throw some you know just look over her shoulders like that's how it's done and right. now she's like, right. I can't pick up a glass of wine. Not only that, she's in front of all these people. So when Tilly goes over and be like, hey, do you need some help? And she's like, so stupid her, you know, because she's like, I'm not going to be pitied by this, you know, this this jumped up ensign. Um, I think that it's clearly that's her reacting to her, her panic because as much as she's like, well, you know, if I die, I die. I want to die in combat. And she's like, she's losing. It's all about losing control. Like, even when she was before she was like she was out of her she was in a different dimension a different universe but she was like i still have skills i still have all this to bring to the table now she feels like what am i bringing to it i'm now i'm going to be this invalid you know or i'm going to starve to death because i can't touch things well you make a good point there because there is like the the base terror and philosophy of going in combat but i remember and then my reference to this is back when dc launched the new 52 and they rebooted hal jordan again him having that battle against dark side and batman's like bro if you go out there you will die and he's like if i'll die i will die because you know there's no other alternative and the joke i used to say on stage was hey man i owe so much in student loans that if i fake my death the only person who's gonna find me is telling me right I, i'm gonna go for it man <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not, bro? It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, this also uh, was a little bit of an adjustment for me because, honestly, uh, when I watched the previous uh, two seasons, I just watched them. You know, I didn't really store them away. When I started doing season three with Flobo, it was a whole new ball game. I'm paying more attention. I'm taking yeah. notes now and again. And and so now we know this about the Terrans. They are basically the Klingons now. Oh yeah. Die in battle. Bloodier the better. You know, battle brings glory. They're what we have for that battle race. And I suppose uh, if you were going to go through the galaxy right now and find other uh, you know cultures, you would find some battle-related cultures. Yeah. 
Uh, so you could argue and they all, the but they United also States still love Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- Terrence Cirque du Soleil is, is dope. No, I can't lie, man. It's probably a cheaper good. ticket than Vegas. <laughs> I love that Stemets in in the Terran universe yeah. it, is an actor. Basically, he's he's doing oratory, telling oh, yeah. the story. You know? He was he was just like he was just making a meal out of like doing this narration <laughs> for this like erotic, you know, like you know Kurt Ballet inverse. whatever you want to call it yeah it was speaking uh, inverse, he was really and it was it was perfect because you know he's got he's a you know a Broadway actor so he's like yes he's, he's like I, he's he's projecting to the back row and really <laughs> just enjoy he's he's just enjoying it so much he um, really was uh, it's so it, funny that the guy from Rent in the Terran universe is still a talented guy. Yeah. So uh, here's oh, my well, thing. Uh, Sorry, I cut you off. No, go, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say about the parallels of things. Now, I've known, I know Klingons uh, tangently, right? And I also know in Deep yeah. Space Nine, there was always like a debate of like who were the Ferengis and what they represent. Yeah. Um, it's funny you said, John, that, that you saw the Klingons and Terrans. I saw our society. I saw Americans. I saw this 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 constant drive to be theatrical, to show out on social media, to grind and hustle and do the business and have twenty yeah. jobs to the point wow. where you're absolutely worked to a nub. So that was pretty interesting. Maybe they are we really are Klingons. Maybe we just are Klingons. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So. <laughs> well, there had always no, been I... that argument that uh, the Klingons in the original series were supposed to be Russians or you know World War II Germans or something. There was always that question of like, who is this this race of warriors? Yeah, Flobo uh, yeah, always yeah, makes were, a good it point. Was, I must agree. It was uh, original series. It was definitely Cold War. You know, if not Russians exactly, but sort of any Eastern Bloc thing. And are the Romulans kind of like the Chinese? You know, right, which right. is also doesn't really, you know, doesn't age well as a, as a metaphor. Um, right. But, you know, the Klingon, then the Klingons, as of, you know, next generation, suddenly became Vikings. You know, they're all yes. like honor bound and sort of like Viking samurai, you know, sort yeah. of hybrid. Right. A Bushido and, and kind of honor based yeah. warrior culture. Yeah. Plus the fact they seem to have ceremonies in for everything. You know, I'm like, how do you get anything done? Like, are there ceremonies for when you clean the house? Is there, like, you have to shout out to the, you know, to the demons of dirt saying that you will vanquish them? Is everything treated like a battle? <laughs> He's ascending again? He did it last year! I'm so over this! Uh, God, I can't see because of all the candles! Ah. <laughs> so, uh, let's let's go into more of the Terry Universe. My quick aside is that I really love seeing Evil Reese. That was my, like, highlight of the episode. But but her going in, Giorgio deciding to go into the door of that 5% chance of survival. We open up, we kind of go back in time where it's a hallucination. We don't know what that is. But one question I have is, was it the right decision for her to go through that door? And two, is it right for Jojo to try to change what happened in the past, not knowing if she's in the past? That's a good question. Oof. It's, it's weird because it's like, I mean, the whole thing could just be a test. Oh, to see it's a very like if 
if if that is a deep, deep Q or someone Q like. So yeah, one of, you yeah. know these you know these omnipotent beings that seem to populate the uh, the far future of, the, of Star Trek. You know he's testing her because she, she's definitely not the same person she was when she left because she spares Michael more out of love, even though you know she she is going to send her to the agonizer booth, uh, which while I oppose on a fundamental like ethical level as a fan, I was very excited to hear agonizer again because that's like a, a nice drop for the original original show. Uh, no judgment felt, here, bro. So, yeah, yeah, I felt exactly the same way. Like, judgment oh, that's terrible. Yeah. But hey, they're bringing back some of the old canon. Hooray! <laughs> you guys are yeah. <laughs> Agonizer, so, yes! I mean, she's obviously, yeah. She's, she kept trying, and I kept hoping we would see Lorca, and I don't know if he'll show up next week. They might that's not be able question. to have gotten him. Uh, but Lorca, weirdly, is one of my favorite characters from this new uh, universe. Yes. Even though yes. he ended up being a terrible, there was something so kind of like charming and yeah. somewhat compelling about him, despite the fact that he was an absolute bastard. Uh, yeah, and I yeah. would I, Jason I Isaacs. Would love to see they, yeah, Jason Isaacs. Yeah, you yeah. see, there was something about him that I just enjoyed watching, even even as we learned it, like oh, he's just completely evil, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's, One of the things I love I about the, Discovery but, is that they have their captains are these really high up their characters. You know, be, yeah. I, one of the reasons why this show is called Commander's Log is because we're seeing things from the uh, from the perspective of the first officer, the commander. Uh, you know, yeah. ju just you know, not the highest level in command. And um, I did yeah. love about uh, him that. Uh, you know, you didn't really know what he was thinking all the time. You didn't really know what his intentions were. And then when you find out it was evil all along, it's like, oh, now yeah. it makes sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, whoops. By the way, he's evil. It's Scar. The, cast known. the <laughs> casting made sense, too, because Jason yeah. Isaacs does have that malevolent level of sort of, you know, steady evil. Yeah, you got to be pretty evil to raise uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I with will that say too. that that like like British and Australian actors do a better American accent than we can, except for Robert Downey Jr. He's the only outlier that could do a British accent <laughs> semi decent. Yeah, they're they're very. They, they, uh, well, that's what sometimes what we think is a, a good British accent. You know, when people, you know, the press are like, um, no, you know, everybody like all your American friends are like, oh, your Brit, your British accent's really good, and your friends are like. It's a nice try. Yeah, come off, mate. That was uh, off. <laughs> I've always wanted to try uh, to. I actually, I, early in my acting career, I was auditioning for uh, radio commercials for Foster's Ale, and it was me and actual wow. Australian people all around me, and um, they hated me. Says I was doing oh. this. Oh wow, crikey, that's a good beer. Like, yeah, you're totally doing the stage Australian. <laughs> you're like you're like wearing the like the cargo the Dundee hat while you're doing it too. Like totally being a stereotype. That's not a knife. This is a knife. I'm like, yeah, it's not bad. Hmm. Oh man, they probably hated you. 
Uh, they hated me. So let's let's talk about this 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 simulation or, or hallucination or throwback. We don't know what it is quite yet. Uh, a lot of things happen here, and there's two points I want your opinions on, and that is uh, Drojo's uh, decision to take in Saru as a slave to get more insight of Burnham's insurrection, and after it's all figured out, her decision to spare Burnham's life was that good ideas or nah, bruh? Well, we know... I would say. Go ahead, Leo. Well, I mean, uh, actually, getting using Saru was a good idea. Like, actually, for both, like, you know, perhaps this guy, because this whole thing feels like a redemptive story for for Giorgio, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Empress, and it's like it was good for, like, I mean, partially because we all like Saru and we don't want to see Mirror Saru you know, served as dinner. Uh, yeah. But but yeah. it's also smart for an empress to be like, because it's true, like slaves, no, because people, especially if you've got a society where you've got slaves, people are talking in front of slaves like their furniture, much the way I think people these days will talk in front of, if you're, if you're the sort of person who has servants, uh, a, a situation I've never actually encountered uh, personally, that people talk about in front of the servants like their furniture. Uh, and they don't, you know, because they don't think of them as people. So it's smart for yeah. for both. Like if she's if she's going to be evil, uh, it's a good idea. Like you, you know, to get information on what's going on. Uh, but also for her redemptive arc, it's good because she spared Saru, and she's like it's one less bit of shitty, terrible thing happening in the mirror universe. So it's uh, <laughs> it's a little bit. It's very Michael. I think she. She's trying to save her Michael because her Michael died and she sees this as a chance to bring her back. And I think she's being honest when she's like, you know, I'll bring her back in the flock. And everybody's like, you know, you should probably kill her. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to be Empress, but uh, it's going to be a sign of weakness. So it's uh, much like Kirk trying to, you know, sp- trying to find a way to spare the Hawkins. She's trying to find a way to spare uh, Michael. Uh, although Michael is like, seems to be like dead set on you know just killing her and taking her stuff execute me mother yeah (laughs) go ahead yeah uh, john same question man i mean there is a very direct line for kelpians all in this universe but and but but george joe takes him in uh, and makes her like the most like beneficial slave, and she spares Burnham's life after begging to die in front of a crowd that says she's weak. George Joe says, "No, it's too easy." Not the yeah. right decision. Uh, you know, um, I, we don't know what she kept flashing back to when this was first affecting her. Remember, there was somebody, and they were bloody, and she was yelling, uh, "San." Was she yelling, son, son? And then she's trying to uh, compress this wound, and then she's got blood on her hand, and this all these things that are flying through her head while she's first getting these spells. And uh, we don't know what it all meant. We don't know even if uh, Giorgio knows what any of this meant. Um, is she... Is she flashing back to what happens during this period is, you know, it's bizarre right now. So she's got to go in as carefully as she can. So I think that's what she's thinking. Let's try to preserve all the assets that I see around me. You know, let's think like an empress here. Preserve all the things that work for me. Um, Maintain 
the lie, which is, yes, I'm in charge and I'm, I'm evil and I'm mm-hmm. the, the queen of all evil. Uh, that's not true anymore. She's not as evil as she wants to be. <laughs> but she wore a dope crown, though. I don't know. It's pretty no. evil looking. I don't know. Oh, yeah. She's you know, rocking like a I, real space emperor. It's like that. Yeah, I got to wonder if like we're going to see. There are going to be some Emmys for costuming this year because, I mean, normally I'm not yeah. talking about this stuff, yeah. but holy cow, that looked good. Uh, speaking of Emmys, it was, I, it, was, it was a little Flash Gordon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it I'm was. saying. It's, yeah, it the costuming was next level, but I'm like, if Sonequa Martin-Green does not get nominated based on uh, future Michael being lost, high Michael, Terran oh. Michael, like this new relaxed Michael, I mean, it's like Black Mirror level of work here. I mean, look, yeah. I get it. A lot of Star Trek fans in those Facebook groups go, I don't really like Michael Burnham, but dude, Sonequa Martin-Green got the chops. She needs all the Emmys. <laughs> she needs all the Emmys, fam. <laughs> you know? I Why bet. not? Yeah, that I, moment I, I, where she's like, what? I, 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 <laughs> That's iconic. <laughs> Go ahead, Leo. I, I, I do love seeing her do different, like, because she's been, she was, like, the first season, she was, like, super, like, I'm, like, repressed and sort of, like, I just, I'm just waiting to get sent back to jail. Like, she never seemed like, like, I'm not going to try to have friends or nice things or enjoying anything because it's all going to be taken away. And then she's redeemed by the end. But in the second season, she was like so driven. And it wasn't, wasn't the same note as varied. And this season, we've got to see her, like you said, she was hot, which was a blast to watch her. And you get to see her sort of, she's becoming more well-rounded and we get to see these different aspects to her character, which is all part, a big part of it is in the writing, obviously, but she's able to, to, do it you know it, it's always interesting when you watch people work together if you look at you know when uh whoopi goldberg first showed up on next gen and she has a scene with wesley and no offense to to uh as guinan uh to uh to uh why am i forgetting wesley's actor, will we the actor who plays what's his we? name um will we, we yes uh and he's like gosh Guinan, i've got all these problems I mean, not that he wasn't bad, but then you've got Oscar winner Weeping Goldberg, who was just like <laughs> smooth as silk and just as effortless. She's like and she's she's always effortless. You always feel like believe everything she says. She's never like you never feel like, oh, she's acting. She just is very much in the moment. In a in a in a in the best possible way. That's really so true. I'm glad to yeah. see her get the opportunity. So they go Martin Green to get the opportunity to show different aspects of her character to be yeah. like, Hey, I'm in love with somebody. And it's not like some stressful, like, are you really a Klingon spy? You know, and <laughs> whoops. Or you know, this, <laughs> like, she should be like, I'm just going to like lie back in bed with my, with the guy I'm with. And just to be like, yeah, that was nice. I like that. Like she seemed relaxed. Like she can enjoy, you know, uh, and she's making mistakes. She'll make a mistake. And she always, she's like, yeah, I, she knows she made a mistake, but she, it's, they're all, I feel like she's, we're getting to see because of what's written for her, like such a great range for her as an actress and also for the yeah. character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if she gets nominated for something, I would be like, yes, absolutely. I <laughs> will see. I mean, TV's very oh. weird this year. Maybe she's got a shot. Yeah. Uh, but before there's I go a on lot to my next... there's a, a TV and everything is. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go on. I'm, no, no, I was going to wax. 
No, I'm just like TV and movies are like, what are the Oscars going to look like? Because so mm. little actually came out, you know. Yeah. Uh, so they, they were like, what is they're not going to they may not have 11 best picture nominees like they've had in the last few years. I, I got a That's feeling it. that either either we'll call that up that they either will call that number for this year only, or you're going to see a lot of things dump between now and the end of the season to say, hey, look, it's an open field. Like if yeah. I'm a mini major and I have no chance of winning under normal circumstances, best mm. believe the Flobito story is going to be pushed out in every oh, yeah. theater <laughs> or streaming service. Why not, man? Here's my chance. Go for it. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot. Opening theaters the and streaming the same day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wonder Woman. Uh, but before we go on to our yeah. next topic, I just want to say that Star, that Commander's Log, the official Star Trek, unofficial Star Trek uh, Discovery Post show, is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Look, it's the holiday season. Do yourself a favor. Hit up Geek Renaissance and get yourself some of the cool stuff, the geek stuff that you can buy for friends. We're talking earrings, chess pieces, necklaces, jewelry, Geek Renaissance, where you have to go. Hit them up on Instagram. You can buy stuff directly in the app. Tell them Flobo sent you when they say who the hell is that say he's the host of commander's log the unofficial star trek discovery post show man <laughs> so so meanwhile on the ship though uh we do get the distress signal decoded yes it turns out the distress signal yes. made by a fellow kelpian this is spicy because saru is feeling all kinds of things and i don't know about you guys but seeing uh mirror saru being treated like furniture and seeing this saru seeing a bit of his culture I'm getting some minority vibes. It's just me. Maybe just me. It's just me. You know, seeing the ancestors in one universe and being sure. treated as less than the other universe yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, this talks about that. The fact that Adira and Stamets work together to find this distress signal. And the distress signal is being sold by a Kelpian, which is Dr. Issa of the KSF Kike. Issa. Oh, it was great. I, That's interesting. Issa. Um, I love I, I love the Kelpian because... You know, one we we haven't seen any more Kelpians since they've gotten to the thirtieth. Is it thirty first century? Uh, That's a know, good question. Nerds yes. don't hate Maybe. me, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, so it's you know in the, in the far far distant future we have yet to see another Kelpian, and even like you know the Admiral Vance is like yeah we don't get a lot of Kelpians around in here. It's like okay, uh, but they don't say they're all dead or your planet is gone. It's just deliberately vague. And it was cool to see another Kelpian. Uh, and I also like the dynamic, just on a side note, of, of Stamets and uh, and Colbert being sort of surrogate dads for uh, for uh, our, our, our erstwhile, you know, uh, joined non-Bajoran. Uh, yeah. It is their kind of like they're like her dads and they're like like oh you know you know come over put your jacket over it's like the previous episode it's very sweet and i think for for stamets we're getting it's he's kind of gotten to the point where he's like not angry all the time because he doesn't feel like he's being like his science is being abused and we get to see him be like he's in a good relationship with somebody he loves that he thought he was gonna love and he's like he's enjoying life just however chaotic he is and I mean, that's a side note, but I like seeing that aspect of it. Uh, but it's really one of the yeah, strongest like, parts of this season. This was like, it is. It's I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that. And I'm curious to see what what's going on with other Kelpians. I'm like, you know, are they 
is are people still alive in the middle of that crazy nebula and what happened what started the burn which is the um and i'm really glad unless they tied back to michael burnham like i would like they don't call it the burn because her name is burnham like somehow Uh, i hope because that would have been a little disappointing i'd be so Uh, mad yeah really i I, I hope not too but i like the fact the show has become becoming a little more ensemble I mean, it's got a, they've got a, a shorter season than a regular syndicated season. But we've got right. to see, like, some of the other crew get, like, moments. Like, uh, uh, what's, uh, God, what, what, I can't remember. Our, our helmsman, you know, she gets to pilot and she gets to, you know, she had, like, her little mini right Detmer. there. Uh, and Detmer. then, you know, she got to pilot book. Detmer, yes. Oh, yeah, uh, right. She gets to pilot book ship. And you yeah. get, she gets, like, she gets to have a cool moment. And, I like, I want to see all these characters have cool moments. I want to see, uh, get to know more about these, this bridge crew. I would love to see yeah. if they did an episode, which is just about their daily lives. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, what it's like to be sort of a junior officer on the ship, uh, sort of uh, not quite lower decks, but sort of like, lower decks. <laughs> you oh, know, it was total, total shift. It's a comedy <laughs> for like 40 minutes. <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> what was, yeah. It was it was so exciting because I always watch um, the um, the summation show that uh, the Ready Room that uh, Will uh, Wheaton yeah. uh, is now hosting, and um, they had they had uh, was it six? They had six people from the crew, maybe it was five, uh, on the screen, and they were interviewing everybody, mostly about how much fun is it to do the mirror universe version of your character. And the guy who plays Reese yes. shines like a star because yeah. he's like, well, I read this. I read that he wants to take over this position, which will run the red light district. So I've, and I'm sitting there listening to him going, so you wanted to be like a pimp? And he's like, so I figure he probably controls a lot of like drugs and substances. And so he probably uses them. So he's probably a bit of a burnout. So that's what I was going for. And I'm like, man, I like this guy. This guy really thinks his character through. I don't know the the research, but like I saw Evil Reese. I'm like, this has resonance, which sounds like, yes, I went to film school. Yes, they let me graduate. But like, it was cool to say because Reese is usually a guy going like, aye, sir. Being like, no, man, I'm going to beat you up. I was like, oh, it felt dope. It felt dope. Yeah. Like he he saw his opening and he was like, this is my opportunity to establish the character a little more. And he's in opposition to Owo, so she's got her thing going on. Yeah. And there's yeah. all this tension in yeah. her because she's a security officer in the mirror universe. She's not she's not a, a pilot. Man, that was exciting. Yeah. Yes, it was, also you man. notice that Detmer didn't have like her her cyborg accoutrements in the mirror universe. Right, right, because right. there was no nothing at all. War, yeah, there was no Klingon war that affected the same way as as Burning. Right. So it was pretty cool. I yeah. wanted to have to add but that on in post, because they have to. Do they shave part of her head, or is that like just like latex? I don't know. They must. Yeah, yeah they, they must, must though. I mean, yeah. uh, I, that would be such a hard, um, you know, plastic piece to put on week after week. I think most people would be like, just shave it. Oh, yeah. Just, it'll it'll yeah. grow back. I'm young. <laughs> it'll grow back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I, d- I know we're kind of low on time, but before we get into our haiku of the episode, uh, just, just predictions of what's how you think is going to happen in part two of Terra Firma. Ooh. Because we have this character, well, Carl, who we think is a Q, all kinds of questions are on the board here. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Leo? Well, this is indeed like a sort of test for Georgiou, where she can, like, she's being her. Let's let's cue like being this this because yeah. obviously I mean he's this guy who's sitting in the middle of nowhere appears out of nowhere. He's got a table and a newspaper. First of all, people barely read newspapers <laughs> today. I'm sure they would be like. You know, they're like, what is that? What is that large piece of paper? It's not a book. It's so weird. I do for the jumble um, myself, but I don't you know, they're, 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 Yeah, really, really, like, ooh. It was like, so I'm, look, I'm looking for the one ad. Uh, anyway, so, and he makes this door appear. So if it is, I'm not sure she's actually going back in time. I think it is not an illusion, but I, I think it is a test. Mm-hmm. That's I really conclusion as I was talking to you guys because I wasn't thinking, it didn't occur to me watching it. So I think it's a test depending on how she what she does depends on whether she'll be cured. Like I think it may be if she shows some humanity you know, her her wonky molecular structure will be adjusted so she can continue to live in the far distant future. That sounds right to me. Yeah, because we do feel like she's probably going to be on the Section 31 spinoff series, right? Yes, that's the, the speculation that she'll be part of it. Even though yeah, he's so made the determination that she's going to be go back. Her. Yeah, she's going to go back to... To, you know, pre-Kirk times. Yeah, I mean, to, I mean are uh, they, Yeah, are they going to send her back to our universe where she joins Section 31? Or is there Section 31 mm-hmm. in this Federation? Mm, that's a good thing. Yeah, we haven't had any any indication that there is one, except maybe for the uh, presence of Kovic, played, of course, by David Cronenberg. Your boy! <laughs> my boy! Who is, my boy, David Cronenberg! Who's, who's my, he's my favorite. I, I love his appearances because he's so, like, wonderfully unflappable, no matter what. He's like, George O yeah. was like, trying to be like, get her, her skin, and he's like, huh. All right, and it just, <laughs> nothing bothers him. Uh, yeah, and he's just—he's yeah. like—he's like a therapist, you know. Also, but by the way, it occurs to me that the mirror universe is a universe where therapy never occurred. Like nobody came up with the idea of therapy. Like they were like, "Well, we're just going to work out our emotions by killing." And they're like, "All right, <laughs> like you want to talk about emotions? No, <laughs> stab." That works for I me, man. If I gotta pull a body in like off my Closure. deck of my ship, you work on it. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll deal with it. Uh, but here's a question I have because I I was told there, Mister John, like you write haiku, and I would lo- and John help me out here. What is going on with this? I want to hear I, one. What's... If you follow Leo on Facebook, and I don't know that Leo wants everyone to follow him on Facebook, but I he should. I think you should because they, they, they can if you, they, they should. I also but every day Twitter. he puts up, account. yeah, I you know, and I'm I was so excited to see that because I didn't realize that that was from your Twitter account. But yeah, he does yeah, a. Yeah, I have um, a, well, I have a couple of Twitter, but 
a D&D themed haiku every day. And I've been doing it for five years as of last month, which oh is insane. Yeah. Because it sort of started, I after I written, I've written this book, Chosen, which I put up online for people to read uh, a chapter a week for about nine months. And then I put up like short stories. And when I wish I had submitted the book to a publishing house, spoiler, they did not take it. But I was so yeah. anxious while I was waiting for to hear, I couldn't write anything long because my mind was so like, so I wrote a bunch of D&D haikus and I threw them up. I'm like, hey, check out. And I got more likes for that than I got for my entire novel. And I was talking to a friend, I was like, what the F is that? I wrote a whole book and it was like, and he's like, yeah, people don't have time, you know, too long. Snackable content, you know? yeah. So he's like, well, why don't you do that? And I was like, yeah, I'll, yeah. So I started doing the, you know, doing it uh, daily, which is, you know, uh, forces me to write, but it's always like some days I'm like, oh, what aspect of, like, I'm like, I'm like, oh no, I've already made that sort of observation or joke. Uh, oh, but uh, I wrote, they were telling me because Haiku came up in the episode, an episode recently where they were doing Haiku, that, that super awkward dinner that, you know, Saru was trying to get everybody like, hey, remember we all liked each other, we're friends, right? And, you know, then Detmer is like, you know, you know, just loses her shit with everybody. Uh, so I, I wrote, uh, I wrote a haiku sort of, which in the, which in the sort of uh, in the spirit of that scene, which is enjoy food with crew. I pollock this goddamn ship. So, you know, desert that. I don't know if you do like, like cla do I clap or snap at a haiku. Like, oh, oh yeah. I reach you, <laughs> brother. <laughs> However you were. <laughs> so, That's very nice, man. I was, I was can, you, can you do it one more time? Can you do it one more time? Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Here we go. Enjoy food with crew. I pilot this goddamn ship. So, no dessert then? I clapped this time. That was nice. Yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> they got the gift, my friend. You have the gift, and I can yes. I can tell folks at home uh, from personal experience that if you respond to Leo's haiku with your own haiku, he will always honor you. He will always, you know, give you a thumbs up. He'll always encourage. I always appreciate that. Yeah, uh, for, it's forget reads. It's so always funny because sometimes I post them and post other haikus. I'm like, okay, I expect that. It's always like. Cool. I've inspired somebody to do a haiku, uh, something I never thought I would ever say. Uh, but yeah, it's it. One of the nice things about doing it daily is, and just so with my my blog sounds very nineties, but it does force me. Like I post something every, um, and like much. It's like a lot of the things I've written have been accident, because. The first chapter of this Aroldis Small, which is the serialized story I started, which is this I describe as a an absurdist Gallic uh, Gallic themed urban fantasy, and I wrote mm. this first piece and I just went like crazy with description and just sort of, sort of a weird like somebody goes in a building that's just rising in the sky continually. You have to make sure you step on the right floor, otherwise you'll have to get in the stairs. But there's air spiders in the stairs, and that's a big problem. Sort of crazy sort of descriptive, you know, there's a cat driver, but his head is like a swarm of bugs and that sort of, you know, sort of fantastic thing. And I wrote it 
And I was like, you know, I just did it. I was like, it is an exercise more than anything else. And I had two friends who were right. like, so what happens now? Nothing. That was yeah. it. They're like, you should write some more. I'm like, okay. And it's, I've been writing it for over a year now. I've got like 67 uh, chapters. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I'm closing, this, like resolving this story. Um, and mm. it's very much seat of the page writing. I didn't plot oh, it out. Right. Pretty, like even the novel, I had like I had a super I had a super basic outline. Like these characters go here and they go do this or that, that. and then they go here and they do that or that. You know, uh, this was like okay. Uh, Start building and building, and I'm like, uh, but it's been fun. And it's sort of this crazy world building. Yeah, yeah, that's what I really admire about it. You're. Uh, yeah, you've got your own sense of who and where and place and time, and and uh, it has its own fashion. It has its own, um, you know, ways of measuring things. I really love this world that you're making. Uh, like one of the, I think it was like the third uh, installment. As a as a throwaway uh, line, it sort of, oh, the cats. But it was in the second one. It was like. Oh, the cats of you know. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I was like, I didn't know. I just wait. It's like, as again, it's like a little like absurdist comment, but it's come back to play a, a you know, significant sort of element of the plot that cats yeah. are like, you know, and also there's the guys like, you can never own a cat. And you're like, it's, I don't have cats. No, that's true because cats are like, we know who's in charge. Um, so <laughs> it's been a lot of fun writing it, and I hope people have enjoyed reading it. So, yeah, and it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's just this long, crazy, bizarre. It's like, I'm writing this. I'm like, if I had to, I'm not even sure how to describe it other than what I've said. Cause I did, I didn't set out to do this and it, but it's sort of taken on a life of its own. Uh, Fantastic. at the risk of being like someone that's all chosen, which was a, a, a comedy fantasy book. And it sort of goes going on the idea of like the, the big trope in fantasy is the chosen one and we've seen it so many times yeah. and I was like if you're really a chosen one and I take this in the very first chapters is you only you run into two kinds of people people who want to kill you and, or people who want you to do something for them the main character <laughs> is the 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 presumed chosen one of this like Nostradamus-esque sort of prophecy that everybody interprets in order to get him to do stuff for them or they're trying to kill him. And he's oh, fighting, this, right. the main character's fighting this wizard. And he's like, I ask you, all you guys, all you dark wizards and evil warlords, he was like, you'll believe in the prophecy. They're like, well, absolutely. He says, well, if I'm, I'm supposed to be this prophecy hero. Like, why are you fighting me? You know, you already know how it's going to end. And he said, well, I never really thought about it that way. Um, there's <laughs> the, the sort of the silliness of, as much as I love fantasy, there is, like, all genre is like, it breaks down if you look at it closely, if you really take it apart. You just have to be like, is that, does that make sense? Eh, it makes sense in this world. And you just go on. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, it's, it's a loving, I don't want to say parody because I, I don't like parodies. Because parody feels like you're just yeah, watching it something. It's, it's like, it's sort of a huge, it's like, it's sort of a nudge and a wink. It's like, like, I love this too, but, you know, it's a little silly when you really think about it. But it doesn't make it any less enjoyable. Right. Sure, so. sure, man. I can't. I can't wait to get on there and follow you on and talk you and all those so that's a, things. But uh, uh, I gotta say, Captain, it's oh, been a pleasure. I, that's how I. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's it been was a pleasure, a pleasure to, with you, Leo. To, 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 I enjoyed being your, your exchange officer for the week. <laughs> so thank you for sending the doc. <laughs> no, for, for sure. And it also, you, you know, got you always, me. You always come through with, uh, with uh, uh, John Weber has like the best and most informative guests. Like, always, like, sit there and be like, so how do you do the thing that you do? Tell me more. Uh, but it's about time we have to get out of here because it's, our hour is up. But, uh, you know, if Leo, if anyone wants to like check you out or stalk you online, how exactly would they do that? Okay, you go to uh, genesec.wordpress.com uh, 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 or look up the writings of Leo Genesec, J-E-N-I-C-E-K. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's D underscore uh, A-N-D underscore uh, D haiku because I wanted to make my handle as complicated as possible um, <laughs> to remember or write down. Uh <laughs> But uh, you can look up uh, that. That's something I did that just really quickly. And I've, I've sort of regretted not making it a little easier to write. Uh, There's still time. But if you, you know, you can look up. J I, much like my own last name, slightly complicated and easy to mispronounce. Um, so uh, this was great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a blast. Oh, yeah. I hope Thanks I didn't talk too on. much. Uh, and uh, I, I look forward to your thoughts on next week's episode, which I'm also very excited to watch. Yeah. yeah. Both your episode and the actual episode. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Let me go to watch both of them. Thanks, uh, this is my this captain. Is I, think... I, I know. Yes. Sorry, I cut you off there. I was going to say, uh, my captain, I'll be here in a week's time with you. I, I wonder if, uh, if we can follow you online and stalk you and become a fan of your things. How do we do that? I uh, I am on Instagram as hello John Weber. Uh, I'm very active right now on my Twitter uh, at hello John Weber. So uh, come on by there because I'm going to be going over to Leo's Twitter and finding those haikus, and I'm going to be sharing some of them. So you won't have to search his difficult name. You can just click it off my page. Yeah, hello, uh, hello John Weber. Of course, it's me, Flobo <laughs> Boys. You can follow me at flobito.com. Hey, this time of the year, there's two ways you can support the homie. One, buy a t-shirt or a mask or a mug over at flobito.threadless.com. Or if you want to see bonus content, exclusive interviews, more cool creative stuff, I do some poetry too, but not, I'm not nearly as good as Mr. Genesis. Check it out at patreon.com slash flobo.boys to be a member of oh, the Mr. crew. Peace <laughs> Hey, I gotta put you over, brother. You're the guest. Uh, <laughs> but you're the deal. Until next time, John Weber, say the words. Live long and prosper, my friends. <laughs>